Joe, what did the farmer say who couldn't find his tractor? What? Hey, where's my tractor? <laughs> hey, where's my tractor? <laughs> Was that an NPR joke? <laughs> what did the farmer say when he couldn't find his government subsidy? <laughs> hey, where's my government subsidy? I think he said fuck Obama. <laughs> I think that's pretty Oh no, not on NPR. Oh no, 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 right. What was the sh- what was the skit on Saturday Night Live? The Shorty Balls. No, but what was the name of their? Sh- their I don't remember oh. their names, but I mean, Smalley Shannon and um, oh no. Um, oh, and, and uh, Anna Gasteyer. Pretty great. Great. Yeah, I think it was NPR Radio. I think it was, literally it was just NPR. But they had some name for yeah, it. Yeah, like their show. Something What's dish. the name of our show? Uh, you know what? It is Carnival Personnel Podcast. Oh, well, yeah, add a podcast. Okay, Carnival Not Personnel. Not to be confused with Carnival Personnel Serial. And by the way, who are you? <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm Jacques. Wow. Nice well, to meet you. Let's get right into it. So, it, it is now... An annual outing, officially an annual outing. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nambla. So the meeting. <laughs> no, we're talking about, of course, the Menden Drive-In, and uh, the double feature this year was Back to the Future, OBS, and uh, and Jaws, and it was fun because uh, I didn't think I would ever, as a kid, see in person a DeLorean. Never did I think I'd see the DeLorean four more times. <laughs> it's become so commonplace. It's like, oh, yeah, the DeLorean. Oh, yeah, the time circuits. Because I've seen it, I think it's, I've seen it at Universal, not properly, because it was already like on the, the, the ba- abandoned lot tour right. at Universal Studios in, in California. And then I'd seen it uh, at, um, I think, the Men in Drive-In the first time. And then in between that and now... I saw it at the Museum of Science when they had their pop culture d- display or uh, exhibit. And that was a little bit more intimate because I wasn't being whooshed along by somebody with a Marty McFly t-shirt, you know, taking our picture and then getting in line for, you know, other people. But anyways, it was a good time. We saw two movies and um, we played a game prior to said movies. That was so much fun. We played the game Headband. No, no, no. Heads Up. Heads Up. Okay. Well. It's that Ellen game where it's like $25,000 pyramid where you put the phone up to your forehead and your partner can see the word and then has to describe the word back to you using other clues. And you have to guess what it is. And if it's right, you flip it one way. If it's wrong or want to pass, you flip it another way. And then you're on a timer for 30 seconds. It's a fun game. It's like a free to free to download and then you can purchase additional categories and it's not this isn't a plug for heads up because <laughs> we're not getting paid a dime but it was it, the fun thing about it is between my youngest you know who's like eight you know joe's oldest who's 18 joe i and my management you know, everybody was able to play and it's like you know she she killed it on 80s like i i was doing superhero joe and his oldest it, well it, it all the kids really were killing it with the um, video game. The video game. Ones. I do have to nerd shame your son, though. Oh no! I mean, this the category was I Star failed. Wars. The category was Star Wars. I was playing with his older son, and he was uh, trying to guess what clues I was, what words I was giving him clues for. 
and the category was Star Wars, and I said, not R dude, not R two D two, but I don't know. Nothing. He yeah. got, he gave you nothing. Yes, and then even your youngest son said, your younger son said, the gold one. He's gold, and it's like I was trying to give him all the hints in the world. Right. It's like crickets. It was C three PO, by the way, in case you're playing along at home. But uh, yeah, he was just. I I didn't want to shame him. I was just like stunned. I was like, wait a minute. No, wait, I was. I, not- I'm in the fourth dimension. This is the Phantom Zone. What's happening? I, honestly, it's like maybe he, I think it was the pressure of the lights. And the, the audience and the music, it's a lot of pressure. You know, you think you, when you're playing it along but it at was. home. It, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And uh, I, I'd seen Jaws now for the second time in my life. I had first saw I first saw Jaws after we watched the Gilbert God, or listened to the God, Gilbert Gottfried podcast episode with Carl Gottlieb, who wrote Jaws and was also Iron Balls McGinty in The Jerk. And I said, you know what? I should get around to seeing that classic movie that launched a person's film career and um it was i saw it on amazon prime what a month ago and i loved it you know or it was i didn't yeah it was great it was like you know oh yeah this is jaws okay this is what it's all about um well i i i and i also now have an appreciation for that line that's some bad hat harry (laughs) okay yeah right uh and after it's the first time I've seen it since that podcast with the writer, and it was so much fun. We've already talked about some of the stories about you know which actors hated which, and you know what were the really hard parts about the shooting, um, you know, shooting of the movie and stuff like that. What's interesting is like you, you, I kind of forgot. It's a different movie after like the two thirds way because then it's just the three guys for about a good forty minutes. It's just them. And a shark. Right. And it's kind of, it's not haunted house. But it's kind of haunted house. Yeah, because they're, they're isolated. They're on a boat. Um, and they're being attacked by this kind of un- almost unseen creature, you know, that just pops up every now and then. But yeah, the shark totally looked fake. And and the st- now yes you know now oh yeah no but and, the, for the time and, and the story but the story about like you know you know his war story and mm. stuff that's yes it still gets you because it's a real story that's actually how it happened um I've seen documentaries on it and it's crazy you know just to completely start bar if you've ever seen like you know naval World War II footage how quickly those gigantic boats go down mm-hmm. like like they do like uh, anyway. the, well they get sucked down i mean they're just like you know break in half go up yep. and it's within moments they're, face down they're... ass up that's the way i like to drown <laughs> um but what was interesting and and it wasn't like joe and i went there with the attention it's like we're gonna mystery science theater the shit out of this but it was just really fun um Mystery science theatering the shit out of it. And we're trying to do it politely, you know, because we're around other people. Even though we're out in the open, you know, everything, a fart carries like 30 miles in that in that vicinity or in that uh, uh, that location. But it was fun. It was a good time. Let's move on to bad news now. Isn't, it, isn't there a whole list of bad news we have to talk about? We'll get the bad news. We don't want to um, get these people happy and smiling. Uh, but I do want to say. Turn that smile upside down. So what's really funny is management was talking about it. And since I looked it up and Joe and I have talked about it since then, all the great memes about, and it's true, the mayor and Jaws who didn't 
wouldn't shut down the beach and then made the coroner rewrite his report saying that the woman didn't that it was a boating accident and wasn't mauled by a, a shark, thus leading to two more shark attacks on the beach that he's completely responsible for. But yet he's the mayor in in the sequel to Jaws. And the meme is. And the meme is uh the you know, the mayor in Jaws one is the same as Mayor in Jaws two. Local elections matter. Vote. Right. Yes. Uh, and uh, I did vote. Did you vote yeah, this? Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Did, you, did your person win? No. No. Uh, um, it was it was less than, I want to say, 70 votes between Dan Coe um, and, and Lori. Oh, she, she's a local person from Lowell. Oh. Um, but she won by l- less than, like, I think they're, they're going to do an official recount. My district got a l- national news. Oh, um, uh, Congressperson. Yes, right. Uh, Michael Capuano, who was mayor of Somerville, who I met back in 1986 in person. Um, he uh, was, you know, in the office for 30 years, and he was at your arraignment. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was a good guy, and he was. Uh, I voted for him because I really, uh, honestly, I'm not woke enough because I didn't know much about the uh, the, the the person running against him. And um, now I'm ashamed to not remember her name. It's like Aaliyah. Oh, geez, I'm an asshole. But she's the first African-American woman. Basically, she's a shoe in for this seat because there's not really anybody of note running against her on the Republican side. So, I mean, he, you know, she's basically got it in the bag. But she'll be the first African-American congressperson from Massachusetts. You know. Huge. Yeah, huge. As some people say, um, so that was great. Um, no, and that was, and that was just this past Tuesday. But now, like, I got sidetracked for a sec. Yeah, but so Back to the Future is an annual thing. I, I hope the the drive-in keeps showing old movies like that. But you know, that's it. Finishing off on the meme. My favorite meme was. You know, it's the same mayor and one or two local election counts vote, but then all the thread under it. And you have people talking about, um, well, don't forget, he was mayor when the shark was killed and he kept taxes low. So there was this great (laughs) point counterpoint the whole way down. And to follow up on my uh, stupidity, Ayanna Presley is the person who won the district. So good for her. I mean, Democrat, doesn't matter. Nobody, not many people are talking about this, but turns out it's Elvis's illegitimate daughter. I don't like the word illegitimate. <laughs> Unless you're talking about the guy occupating 1600 Pennsylvania. Yes, you know? right. Yeah, we we throw around that word a little too loosely. Speaking of loosely, uh, what's the Six Flags again this week? <laughs> here, here, here's this week's. Well, you got to burn through those coupons before the end of the month. Uh, well, I mean, we live for theme parks, and this is what we got. Yeah. Y- 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 You're y- not going to go to Canopy Lake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I might try that next year, but it's, it, dude, it is such a step down from the one upside to going to Six Flags. It has Hurricane Harbor. Uh, it was 100 degrees. It was on Monday, Labor oh, Day. I took God. the boys. It, that part was great. The other part that was great is I'm walking around and I can feel all the eyeballs looking at me and thinking, Wow, how does that guy stay in that good a shape? <laughs> I mean, truly. Um, that is a perfect sphere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, by comparison, like I am an Adonis walking around that place. There, uh, If we were closer to a real beach, 
uh, Greenpeace would have been trying to roll some people back <laughs> in. Look, I don't mean to fat shame, but if your shadow weighs more than I do, and I'm a big fat fuck, um, big fish, small pond. <laughs> maybe a two piece isn't your thing. Uh, but seriously, there's so many guys here when I'm like, okay, I, I truly am at least 70, 80 pounds heavier than I should be, and, and 80 pounds over what I was when I left Qatar. But honestly, I, at least seven, I don't have to lose weight. I have to hang out with those people to feel better about myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't imagine. You're like Elvis Presley in a Chris Christie world. It's just like, yes, <laughs> you know, it's exactly what it is. I don't need to lose weight. I need fatter friends, and I found them at Hurricane Harbor. Oh, and, and like I said, like I know how politically incorrect fat shaming is, but God damn it, somebody should do something about it. Yeah, how about not fat shaming, but fat really pointing out? <laughs> um, I'm I- sorry, fat people. I'll be you. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 175, pushing 180, but it's all gut, all right? I got old man legs, and I'm 40. Yeah. 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 I killed to be 180, so shut the fuck up. I know. I just want to see you get really mad. All right. You want to like me when I'm I'm angry. (laughs) You want to like me when I'm angry. Yeah. It's uh, funny. Uh, Speaking of funny, Burt Reynolds died. Two, three. Uh, I I pitched. Oh, I was waiting for you to do your impersonation of Burt Reynolds, but you know, <laughs> I, I I'm not I'm not a good. You, you, you do one. Oh, they uh, <laughs> I could do an impersonation of an impersonation of Burt Reynolds. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a larger hat than a uh, than a normal size hat. You see, it's a uh, twenty. <laughs> George Ferguson. Yeah, George Ferguson. Funny name, George Ferguson. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Name. Yeah, it is. Funny name. Um. So. When 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 work came down, that uh, you want to see my impression of Burt Reynolds? Yes. Ta-da! <laughs> and scene. Um, that was a little something for Biff. Um, so with Burt Reynolds, I I pitched to Joe we should do a sideshow, and Joe's like, nah, pass. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because, and I think it's just the the age different with us. Yeah, I'm. I was born. When he was like the biggest box office draw, maybe towards the tail end of his big box office draw reign. But I didn't grow up, and, and not to say that, look, look, I'm 41 years old. Not to say that other 40 year olds. 41 old, years young. Yes. <laughs> not to say that other people my age or younger aren't like head over heels for Burt Reynolds' oeuvre of shitty movies and Boogie Nights. You know, I haven't even seen Boogie Nights. Like, you, you would think if I'd seen any movie, it would be Boogie Nights. No, didn't see Boogie Nights. Shame on me. And you go down, and I am. I'm going to go down this list because he was somebody who was amazingly huge in my world. So when I'm eight, nine years old, and again, we lived at the drive-in in the summer. It was Smokey and the... I have to have seen Smokey and the Bandit at the drive-in at least 20 times. And you saw Smokey and the Bandit before Smokey and the Bandit too. Weird, right? How I that don't understand out. that. Um, and... and one of the few decent memories of my my biological dad, he loved Jerry Reed, the truck driver from Smoking the Bandit. He was a longtime fan of that guy. So, you know, the soundtrack was always playing. I think he, you know, he went to see, the, and as far as my father was concerned, he went to the Jerry Reed movie, not the <laughs> Burt Reynolds movie. Um, Sally Field was just great. But those, those movies were so great. And do you know the premise of Smoking the Bandit? No. It's been 
two decades, maybe three since I've seen it. But basically, um, you couldn't have Coors beer in this state or, or like you couldn't export it out of Colorado for some reason. And some rich guy wanted a truckload of the beer for his wedding. And so Jerry Reed drove the tractor trailer and Burt Reynolds' job was to um, distract all the Smokies on the way. That was their name for cops, uh-huh. and and it, you know to keep them off the tail of Jerry Reed's truck, and of course the cop was played by Jackie Gleason. Dude, I mean seriously, that that nineteen what was that seventy eight? Uh, probably earlier seventy. What, what was seventy? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say seventy five. Wow, I'm, okay, I'm guessing. So maybe seventy five. Huge, and, and 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 so you know, Burt Reynolds was. You know the 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 quick the quick elevator thing on him. He he was a working actor like Gunsmoke and all of those you know typical stuff through the late fifties and the sixties. But his first huge film was Deliverance, which mm-hmm. to this day uh, you hear banjo music, you run, you run. <laughs> Unless you're in a Steve Martin thing, hey, you're but, right. But even then, <laughs> even then, you're looking for the exit. Uh, so so he but he does he goes from Deliverance. Smoking the Banner was 77. Yes, that's what I said, like eight years old. Um, think about that. Think about my little one, like seeing that movie over and oh. over and over. Um, Not that much of a stretch. But <laughs> Shut it. Uh, but also the, the Longest Yard. I mean, that's such a great movie. It's, and, and Adam it, Sandler. I and hate you. Rock. I hate you. And I, yeah, but Burt Reynolds was in Longest the, the remake as well. Right. Of course, uh, but that was that that was another movie. I mean, I loved football in the seventies, um, but then he does. Then he goes on to do probably the 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 comedy movie. I can't say the comedy movie of my childhood because they were, like I said, they were all great. Of course, the jerk and all them. But Cannibal Run, and you were about to talk about it before we started like recording. I said, no, save it for the podcast. What is the greatest thing? That Cannibal Run has given the film world the after-credit blooper reel. That's uh, that's pretty much it. It, uh, it, it birthed the, uh, the 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 goofs that we got to see during the credits, and with him, between him and Dom DeLuise, that was pretty much Dean, Dean Martin with the, these rosary bleeds, these bleeds bleeds right here. <laughs> I mean that that that's the one. Uh, Truly, that that I was eighty one. That was eighty one. So yeah, it's Cannibal, right? It's uh, it's Smoking the Bandit, Smoking the Bandit two. I remember. So here's the funny thing: Burt Reynolds, and 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 if you look it up, between like seventy seven and like eighty or eighty one, you could go to the movie theater, and there could be four Burt Reynolds movies playing at once. I'll tell you what they are right now, according to the IMDb page. So, Smoking the Bandit, 77. Then uh, you also had, uh, in 77, Semi-Tough. Then you had The End, which is in 78. Hooper, 78. That's a, That was his, like, star. That was a starring. Actually, no, they were all star. I mean, he was a star. Like, his name was above the title in a lot of these. Rough Cut in 1980, Smoking and the Bandit 2. And then Dan August was the TV show that he was trying to, you know, build up. Um, he did a couple of TV movies. Dan August, I guess it was kind. Yeah, it was like a, like a McLeod kind of thing. Yeah, and then Cannonball Run in '81. So yeah, and then you, yeah, there's just. A, then if you, I think you want to also talk about the best little whorehouse in Texas in '82. Haven't seen it. Who was his co-star? 
I'm gonna guess. Uh, was it? I don't. It was a Dolly, Dolly Parton. Parton. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the other thing. I was talking about management with that today. Could you say the title of that movie again? The best little whorehouse in Texas. The word whore. Right. Is in a PG 13 musical. Yeah, it, it started out, I think, a on the stage, right? Musical. What, didn't it start out on the stage? Probably. And Dom DeLuise is in it, Charles Durning. Musical. Jim <laughs> Neighbors. Whores. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the horse with a heart. Remember yeah. the era where you had the horse with the heart movie? But Yeah, Pretty Woman. <laughs> no. Uh, so. Uh huh. And then you had Smokey and the Bandit 3. In 83. That's kind of the Cannonball Superman run four. 2 in 84. Okay. Which was okay. Yeah, and then we got to... Um, but he did these movie Gators. Um, and then Boogie Nights. The so, Boogie you know, Nights was was it. Uh, was you, 97. You right? know, he was... Uh, oh, we, we would be remiss if we didn't... We would be remiss if we did not mention the seminal classic, Cop and a Half, 1983. Uh, you know, what's what's... So, you didn't read this... And, and, and I don't know if it's out of order or whatever. So Smokey and the Bandit comes out. I think it's in Smokey and Bandit or Cannonball Run. And again, we went to the drive-in all the time because it was crazy cheap. And <laughs> so my mom, like September rolls around, October rolls around, and we're going to go to a movie on a Saturday afternoon. And she sees a Burt Reynolds movie and takes us to see it. I think we lasted maybe five or six minutes. It was Sharky's Machine. <laughs> and yeah. it was this. 81. Right. Yeah. So it must have been right after Cannonball Run. And it was, uh, I'm not sure it's appropriate for me now. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, a cop shoot him up sex movie. Uh, but completely rated out. My mom, no idea. Oh, it's it. You know what I mean? And you go. What's a rating? And so that's what he was. Um, he was signed and they had done pre production, uh, but he died before they started filming on Quentin Tarantino's new movie. So, as you like to say, he died with dates on the books. And you are overlooking a couple other very big things. Uh, his, his posing nude. Yeah. Yes. The Playgirl spread. Was he like the first real celebrity to have posed nude in Playgirl? Really put Playgirl on the map. It was it was truly game changing at the time. I mean, it was not scandalous, but it was holy shit, yeah, type thing. Yeah, uh, he's in his mid to late thirties at that point too. Yep, um, and he looked just like me. He really, he, <laughs> he, he really did. Uh, also, what you didn't mention is uh, he played the dad in Mystery Alaska, or the dad of our friend Scott Grimes in Mystery Alaska. So Scott sent three months with him. Um, that, again, it's not a hockey movie. It's a movie about a small-town community. You know, hockey is kind of the backdrop of it, and it is it is great. But that's one of the reasons I don't think the movie did as well. All right, so I will drop a couple of things that you might, you might not know about the great Burt Reynolds. Let's have it. That I might know, because I... This was on TV, or these two things were on TV that I watched. One, Evening Shade. <laughs> Evening Shade, of course. But before Evening Shade in the 80s, <clears throat> he did two things. One, he produced a game show with Burt Conby called Win, Lose, or Draw. That Pictionary-style game, like that was he <clears throat> co-excuse <coughs> I'm getting choked up. <laughs> Literally. Um, yeah, him and Burt. The two Burts. Burt and Burt Productions. Uh, hold on, I gotta You're swallow this. I, I, you know what? You you eat enough jizz, <laughs> it's gonna catch up with you. 
sorry, folks. So, and the other thing that you might not know, do you remember that first-run syndicated show about a girl who had a father who was an alien? And her, the mom was actually like one of the women from Saturday Night Fever. Um, she was this girl on the show named Edie. It was called Out of This World. This is completely off your radar, Curtis. This is 87, yeah. like teeny kind of teeny bop, t- t- you know, it's like a teenage show. She had magical powers because a spaceman came down and had sex with this woman and out came the daughter. And then she discovered in her teens that her father was an alien and the father would talk to her every night via um, a um, like a like a glowing kind of uh, um, orb or like a diamond shaped thing. It was like a glowing thing that just sat on the nightstand. And when it spoke, it was her father speaking from space to her and kind of giving her fatherly advice and all that stuff. But she also had magical powers. Like, she could freeze time by touching her fingertips together. I remember that. Yeah. And that the song was uh, Would You Like to Swing on a Star was the theme song. Anyway, <clears throat> the father who spoke to her every night on every episode was Burt Reynolds. Wow. Yes. Dropping knowledge. My, uh, my evening shade story, and I have an evening shade story. Oh, good. When I worked on... Touched by an angel, big big drop in there. You know that's right. Props to me, my assistant. Touched by an angel. Whoop whoop. Um, <laughs> one of the producers was a writer on Evening Shade, and he was always trying to like rewrite the script. He thought he was funnier than all the comedy writers, and they <laughs> had really great comedy writers. And every time he pitched something that they didn't think worked, he would say, "Were you ever the number one box office store in the world?" And they would all look at each other like, no. Well, then it stays. It's like there's no correlation between six years ago you having a couple huge movies that were dramas and this. That you didn't write. That you didn't write. And this, but that that was his. Uh, he. That's like saying, like, did you ever pose for Playgirl? Right. And then one guy, yes. So, so, um, so do you want to. We should. It's already out there. It's all over the place. But we'll post it anyways. The the we'll do no such the thing. double dare. So on ni- in the nineties, I think it was like ninety two, maybe right after. I think it was like ninety two, ninety three, something like that. It was like right when Jay Leno took over the Tonight Show. Burt Reynolds was the first guest, and the second guest, I believe, was Mark Summers, the host of Double Dare, who was promoting also a new show that was on Nickelodeon called What Would You Do? It was like kind of like another kids show, kind of another kids game show. So I mean, the clip is legendary. If you're into that sort of thing, like that sort of talk show panel guest, you know, gone awry kind of thing where Mark Summers is telling a story and then Bert chimes in about uh, he's telling, you know, like this sort of dumb story about what happens on this. Oh, like he was talking about like on Double Dare once they had filled a swimming pool type thing full of like 4000 gallons of of uh baked beans and the kids would jump into it and Burt Reynolds feeling left out of the conversation because he's on you know he's on the panel with uh, Mark's back to him he goes oh, I would have liked to have seen that no but no, but he says it so dismissively right. and, and the little bit of the backstory is Burt Reynolds he had an amazing relationship with Jay Leno I mean I'm sorry um, Johnny Carson mm-hmm. like it was stuff of legend it wasn't it wasn't Phil Silvers. Who was the guy? Was it Phil Silvers? I'm thinking about who Sergeant Belko. Yeah, who him and him and Le, uh, him and um, Johnny Carson had the great back and forth. No, I'm thinking Don Rickles. Yeah, okay. Rickles. Yeah. Well, Burt Reynolds and him had an a similar 
great relationship, him and Carson. Yeah. Never hung out off camera. Like, they were great. And, and Johnny Carson had told him that. And I've heard Burt Reynolds in stories told him, like, his first or second time on it. And he's like, I'm going to make you a star, you know, and this is what we're going to do. And he, he came on all the time. He was a regular. And, and they... Seemed like they were best friends, but as you know, like Johnny Carson had very, 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 very few friends. But on the show, anyway, so Lena was just hoping to have the same thing. Uh, Burt Reynolds came out and was the first guest and stayed. He didn't move over, and they ended up. I think it was Carrot Top who got bumped that night. There was somebody else who was supposed like a third to, guest, yeah, who was yeah. supposed to come out, but basically, and and, and even going into the third block. He didn't want to move over. He wanted to like just stay there the whole show and be him. So he moves over when when the double Mark, did. Mark, Mark comes Summers, out. Yeah, and instantly he was such a dick. He's like, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, well, I missed he, it. Yeah, sorry, he said it like. And then he goes, "Oh, really?" It's like, "Oh, yeah, you know, I, I just, you know, you're, I'm, you were saying it, but I, you know, I was, I'm talking to your back." And he like he's obviously miffed that his back, Mark Summers' back dare be turned to Burt Reynolds on television. And, and look at Jay Leno. Yes, wh- the interviewer, the right, host. Right. Um, so then uh, he, Mark Summers gets into his OCD, and um, Burt challenges him and goes, uh, who told you you have this neat freak, that you're a neat freak? And um, you know who told you that? And Mark Summers goes, well, you know, for one, my wife. You know, I, I'm still married, by the way. And then the audience groans, and then instantly Burt Reynolds takes a cup of his coffee, I mean water, and just throws it right on Mark Summers. Yeah, because like the, the block before, Jay Leno was talking to Burt about his divorce with Lonnie Anderson. Mm. So it was fresh, and it was all this stuff, and it was yeah, just you, happening. Did you just see the entire episode before the show? I watched it a couple times today because <laughs> it was great. Um, well, check it out. We don't want to spoil too much. Now, let's talk about the roles Burt Reynolds didn't do. Um, let's see. He was not. Um, he didn't play Kunta Kinte. No, he did not. No, okay. no, no. Was not the Black Panther. Either. No, he wasn't Darth Vader. Uh, he was not Han Solo. And he was offered the role, nor was he James Bond. And he famously said, an American shouldn't be James Bond. Mm. But he turned down both those roles. Hey, you know, he could have afforded to, by the way. Right, right. Because think about it, where he is in like 75. Yeah. You know, that would have been, but it would have been a Burt Reynolds movie. It, it, it's, I don't even want to think about what would have happened if it was him. What's the current or a more modern equivalent of Burt Reynolds, where huge star, but the body of work isn't exactly up to snuff, in your opinion. Like it, uh, Dwayne Johnson? Yeah, because Dwayne Johnson's done 20 of the same movies. Right. So is do you think Dwayne Johnson might be like this the modern-day Burt Reynolds? That, he, that's a fair. Very good-looking man, uh, you know, but in a lot of action movies. you know. And, and you know what? If Burt Reynolds probably was born in you know a little bit later and in, into the 80s like if his career had started in the 80s he probably would be like an action type star you know i mean he did have some serious background stuff mm-hmm. and of course you know deliverance and stuff not 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 the yuck fest that cannibal yeah that's was. true but you know but maybe yeah so maybe dwayne johnson but although dwayne johnson's got a different background like he you know came from wwe you know like basically uh night and day compared to any you know any samoan you know that that too, but yeah, I would say that. Good job, Joe. Um, <laughs> let's move on to so Joe. 
What? Turns out black people have jobs. Breaking news. Exactly. Now, who reported this news? <laughs> uh, Fox News. Oh, good for them. I- I'm going to let you take this over because I-, I-, I first heard about this from Joe's Twitter. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> Jeffrey Owens, who uh, he was the one of the son-in-laws or the son-in-law on the Cosby show. It's a famous story by now. We're not really breaking anything. But Fox decided to break the news that... Poor old Jeffrey Owens, who was once on an 80s sitcom and still a working actor, um, still needed to work at Trader Joe's. And um, they posted this you know, photo, kind of like this TMZ type of shot of him bagging groceries at Trader Joe's and saying, you know, look at uh, Jeffrey Owens. Remember him? And he's not, you know, he's heavier now. And, you know, he wasn't he's not exactly camera ready for this photo. Um, but he's working a, you know, just kind of a, you know, a lower paying job to, you know, fill in the blanks when it comes to the income. And Fox News says, hey, look at this guy. You know, what happened to him? He's too, you know, not good enough for uh, for Cosby anymore or these types of shows. And um, and then people just pounced on Fox News by, you know, saying, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? At least he's working. But And, and your tweet was great. Only Fox News would think a black guy having a job is a news story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and then and, and so you dive into it. A couple things that are interesting about it. I mean, like you mentioned, Cosby. Um, you've seen a lot of Cosby reruns lately, Joe? No. No, I'm afraid those have dried up. And and we've talked about that. Like any time a big person does something and, and their movie gets shelved or the show gets pulled, good. And it should. However, you got to think of the B list, the C list, or the bit the actors, yeah. the, the cast oh, oh, yeah. or the writers, yeah. the people who rely on residuals. And yeah. it was probably, it might not have been his whole paycheck, but he probably was. Hey, five bucks making, a year is pretty and, decent. And, no, because when was the Cosby show not on? True. Right, in some part of the country. And it's probably airing in other parts of the world now, but it's, you know, when you take a hit like that from the United States audience, it's, uh, it sends a ripple effect. And so he, um, you know, and he still works. You know, he still gets, you know, acting things here and there. He's also a teacher. He does, like, sh- you know, uh, teaches Shakespeare and acting and stuff like that. He's a family guy, and Trader Joe's has, I, look, I go to Trader Joe's a lot. It's almost creepy how happy most of the employees are. Like, I've not run into a disgruntled trader. He'd worked there Joe for guy. 15 months. Right. 15 months. And he said in his interview with Robin Roberts on GMA that, you know, he was teaching for, like, th- teaching, acting, directing for 30 years. But, you know, it got to the point where it wasn't adding up. It wasn't ma- it wasn't, he wasn't meeting the nut that he needed to make. And Trader Joe's kind of filled that gap. And it's like, it's still, you know, it's honest work. It's not glamorous, you know, just because that's the, the thing is that you see, see, you see people on television, maybe not so much so now, or maybe even more so now. You see people on TV and you think, wow, they, they must be rich. They must own two televisions. Two TVs. Well, never. That's, is that our new Hitler th- <laughs> reference? <laughs> the two TVs lines? Nobody has two TVs, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you, you know, so, but, and, and to kind of cap off that story, Tyler Perry. Offered him a job, and uh, I just read that he is taking him up on that offer, despite him saying on Good Morning America, Jeffrey Owens, that is, saying that he wanted to not get offered jobs, but offered opportunities to audition because he didn't want to think, oh, I'm the 
woe is me. Now I'm the guy that everybody sees as the charity case, and I'm taking a job away from another actor who could have earned it. Right, and and I don't know who I'm, I'm probably going to say the name wrong, but Nicki Minaj, yes. like like offer like like wanted to donate. Twenty five thousand dollars. It's like he's. Why not couldn't she offer him a job? A homeless. Wink. You know, like this homeless vet dealing with drug oh, addiction. God. It's like no, he doesn't want charity. And the last note of this, as far as I'm concerned, the dignity and grace in which he handled the whole thing. He didn't get upset. He didn't like Fox News is a bunch of racist assholes. Um, fun fact. Fox News is a bunch of racist assholes, uh, but he he just handled it with like, look, a job's a job, and and, and there's so many people in the community came out and like you saw it all over the Twitter sphere and stuff. People saying, well, good for him, you know, a job. And other actors who, hey, I was on a hit show, and in between my two hit shows, I had eight years of nothing, and I took all kinds of crazy jobs. You know, it, it it's good for him. So I'm glad, and, but I did. I, I, I'm like, somebody's going to offer him something like this. Yeah, and it's fine. I mean, it's um, it's good when um, when Fox News is uh, made to be the villain, which is pretty much every day. Only, yeah, only, only when they were broadcasting. <laughs> um, speaking of TV. Uh, and villains. Um, Sasha Barrett Cohen. Not the villain, but the, good. The one of the greatest people <laughs> walking the planet today. I don't know about that. But he's a great entertainer, a genius. Uh, he is a genius, an absolute genius. Yeah. And uh, Roy Moore is not a fan, nor a genius, <laughs> nor a genius. Uh, but apparently, according to the meter, the pedophilia meter that the Israeli army developed, Aaron uh, Marad, yeah, uh, right. uh, Roy Moore is a pedophile. Yeah right. I I don't know. I don't understand. It must be uh, broken or something. Hold on a second. Come here. Uh, no, nothing. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so what we're talking about is that Roy Moore is now deciding to sue Sasha Baron Cohen and the production company for the tidy sum for pain and suffering and an emotional distress. Ninety four million dollars. Completely reasonable. Yeah, yeah, for making a joke, an obvious joke. Well, he 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 said he about felt, a news story. Go. Well, first of all, um, Roy Moore is a pedophile. <laughs> you know, I mean, case personnel does not condone nor <laughs> endorse anything that Jacques says on the Carnival Personnel podcast. But it's true. I mean, he you know it was well documented when he was in his mid thirties, he was dating fourteen year olds. And how many people came to us? How many of these Christian family? Fox and GOP was like, well, I know a lot of fourteen-year-old, you know, parents of fourteen-year-olds would be happy that their daughter was dating an established lawyer. Yeah, yeah, probably the same people who want what? to. <laughs> probably the same people who would be prouder to be Russian than the Democrat. That kind of people. Yeah, but same, same classy fucks. But so that you know, and even during the whole Roy Moore thing, I mean, the state police were coming out against Roy Moore, but they were like, yes, he was banned from. A series of malls. Right. Um, but he got on a plane with his wife, flew to Washington because he was being told he's getting... This is how dumb the fuck is. He thought he was coming there to get an award from Israel recognizing his support of Israel as an American politician. Okay, great. He literally thought he was... Because when because the whole thing is like, you know... I can't be anti-Semitic. My lawyer's a Jew. <laughs> you know, that was his whole thing. Turned out not Jewish. Right, right. Not uh, even a real 
thing, not no. even a fact. Not everybody named Stein <laughs> <laughs> or, or Jerry or, or his name's know. Bruce Springsteen. Okay, <laughs> but okay. but that was his whole thing. It's like I can't be anti-Semitic. I got a Jewish lawyer. Um, uh, and again, you're not funny enough to make that up. Nope. I'm not close to. I mean, I don't even think in a million years I would ever be funny enough to be around somebody funny enough to make that up. But yet he thought he was getting an award from the government of Israel. Um, and he felt duped and deceived and all this stuff, and it couldn't have happened to a nicer person, and it almost makes me want to go out and get Showtime, but <laughs> all you really needed to see is the five-minute clips, and I'm good. Yep, that's how we do it. Uh, the other fun news, because we haven't got to bad news yet. Uh, this week, the 911 tape, not the 911 tape, of uh, Barbecue Betty was released. Oh. The, the woman who called. On the black people having a, a legitimate... Bar- bar- barbecue on the beach? So she, uh, at, at, at a park. At a park, rather. And she made two calls, and the calls were released, and I will not come close to uh, um, expressing how, how great they were. Yeah. But the 911 operators were very much, and, and one of them flat out asked her, basically, are have you, you are you crazy? Uh, right. Have you taken your medication? Like, yeah. uh, it wasn't doing it to be funny. It's like, and it's it, my favorite thing is like, okay, are you? Are, can you not get away? Are they are they keeping you from leaving the area? You know, it's like what? And 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 you got to think this person's in a cubicle, balancing phone calls between kittens in a tree, you know, heart attacks, heart attacks, strokes, babies locked in cars, and all. And this wingnut keeps calling back because a couple black people are having a barbecue in a barbecue area at a public park. Were they throwing a football around? Because that I will not stand for. No, or take a knee for. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, you got to hear the call. And it's like when you saw the pictures, when you heard the story, you're like, oh, what a bitch. What a racist. Then you listen to the call and you're like, are you? She's soft. She, you, there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember seeing when there were, there, was it her that was being filmed? And being followed around by another person because the the person filming her realized that she was calling the police. Yes, right. Then she was being followed around by this other person that, on her cell phone. Th- that was the woman, and it, she kind of hit around the corner. That's the woman who called the woman who owns a pot company, calling because the little black girl no, had no, a no. water stand. No, no, that, I'm thinking of you. It, it, it is, is the same one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because uh, I remember seeing the video of this of, of Barbecue Betty going into like a nearby store. And then the, the woman who's filming her on okay. her phone following her. It's like, why are you bothering these people? Meanwhile, she's bothering her. Right. But but I agree. She's completely hot. <laughs> okay, that's the closest thing to being funny. Maybe that will be the opening joke. But you have to <laughs> you have to hear the call because it's like I don't know. Uh, I think I don't have I think, to. I think I'd rather hear the nine eleven calls. Oh, you're awful. Um uh, I'm gonna say it once, Joe, and I want you to say it with me. White power. Joe, Joe, Joe! Uh, <laughs> what am I referring to? And when I first when I first heard about this, I thought I saw I saw it. Uh, I, I don't know if it was Huffington Post or where I saw it, but I read it. I'm like, this can't be real. And over the next couple of days, I wanted to hear more and more people. And what I'm talking about is, are you following me? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So when I saw the still picture of the woman at the Kavanaugh hearing sitting right behind him, I'm like thinking, well, I'm not up 
on all my white power gang signs. I <laughs> most of them I got. Yours are very dated. Yeah, my, right. I, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I you're say more, you're, Sikh. You're more of a Sikh Heil You guy. say Heil. I don't say anything. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, but what I love, and then finally, I was waiting to see somebody posted just the clip off television. And I think I retweeted it. Uh, it's very, very clear. She gets a text message. She looks down. She smirks. She smirks. She puts her phone away. Moves her arm. Rest. Like looks where the camera is. Rests her arm. Right. Yep. It it could not be more obvious. Yeah, and I'm. It's unclear as to what she's going for. It's kind of unclear because there are two things going on. There's a meme where I guess it's like a. I forget what they call it. It's like it, it's not a white power thing, but it's like a trolling meme or something like that. I don't know what it is. Um, and maybe that's too obscure. It's probably more of like, let's throw this sign up to th- make it make it seem like we're pretending to be white power, but we're not. Like just to get. Just to troll the libs? Because that's a really great place to do that. So the if you haven't seen it, so she rests her hand across... So she crosses her arms, and you can see her right arm over her left... You can see her right hand resting on her left arm. And she's resting it so that her... her she's making an okay sign with her hand, and the fingers are facing the camera, and she's resting... She's making the, 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 the O symbol with her thumb and, and index finger... And then you think it's like, oh, at first glance, you think it's, oh, kind of an innocuous thing. She's putting her hand down. But then she kind of fixes, she makes the O more prominent with, like, she corrects the O. It's not like if you were sitting there and you crossed your arm, your hand would be in that position. Right. You would just ever cradle. Yeah. Usually you just sort of grasp your arm. It was very, very deliberate. Now, I haven't gone to the, 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 uh, the white pages to see exactly what that means, but it's like, but without a doubt, it was 100% intentional. Now, well, I mean, if you look at it, I'm going to show them the OK sign W, white, yep. P, power. Oh. So, this, so the circle of, your, of the OK sign forms a P when you hold your hand up, and the three other fingers I make a W. I will never give anyone the OK sign ever right. again. OK. <laughs> Damn it. Uh-huh. So, so, what you're saying is they were either. Really racist, throwing out, taking taking the world's attention at a Supreme Court, a the highest court in the world, position for life, and using that as an opportunity. And this is a law clerk of his. This isn't some random person sitting behind him. Yeah, her name is Zena Bush. It's not. But she's not white. She's part Jewish and part, like, Mexican. Not that it makes it okay, but it's just like, she's not even, like, doesn't even fall into, like, she would be a... Like the victim in right, most of the right, other, right, you know, but but she uh, so it's very obvious. So either she's into white power and taking that opportunity to do it, or as you say, she's trolling all us snowflakes. And it's and if that's the case, that's not as bad, but it's pretty fucking bad that you're using a Supreme Court. And, and we haven't really got into it. We're not going to. The president's under indictment. One of his you know press secretaries is in jail at today. You know. He was Zena, Zena Bash, by the way. I said Zena Bush. Zena Bash. And she, uh, but but either way, I mean, you shouldn't be having these hearings. He's perjured himself a half a dozen times already. Um, I do, I am liking, are you, have you followed the Cory Booker, I am Spartacus moment? No. Which has I, been pretty great. I haven't. 
you know, the whole I'm Spartacus story. So he, <laughs> there's some documents, <coughs> you're contagious, there's oh, some no. documents where he, uh, he's basically, you know, showing his colors as, as being a racist, that Cory Booker wants released, the Republicans aren't letting him, and he's like, I'm, I know I'm going to get sanctioned, I could lose my seat, this is too important, I'm going to release these. And then a bunch of other Democrats are like, yeah, I'm going to release him. No, I'm going to release him. No, I'm going to release Like, just the whole I, I'm Spartacus type thing. But anyways, yeah, it, it, it couldn't be more clear. And So we're at the 48-minute mark. Let's blow right through the bad stuff. While we're talking about white power, uh, Alex Jones was in the news this week. Uh, Alex, hold on. Let, let's get Alex in here. Talk about your, your, your pal Marco Rubio. You mean the leader of the shadow government who's been stonewalling me and trying to get me banned off of Facebook and Twitter and and uh, successfully off of uh, Periscope and Twitter. Uh, says he said he never saw my website. First of all, I didn't tell him I had a website, so how would he even know I had a website? Good point. Yeah. Good point. Infowars.com, by the way. <laughs> what was the other one? I don't even know the name uh, of the other uh, one. And he, didn't, he did not like you patting him on the back while you were being patronized. Oh, no, he was going to take care of me. Right. Just like the way he takes care of uh, all of his constituents, just like the way he takes care of uh, the so-called victims of Sandy Hook. Uh, by the way, you know, I'm kind of rethinking that situation <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I've had some time to reflect. Uh, maybe they weren't uh, paid actors. They could have been volunteers. I just want to <laughs> just want to throw that out there. Um, so that that was great. I mean, two two you know heavyweight douchebags going at it. Hey, uh, hey, hey! Uh, but that was good. Uh, the lad, the lad, and again, we haven't gone over that much awful. Uh, so so. Your take on the anonymous, 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 an ominous, an ominous, homonymous, a homus, a haluminous, a haluminimus, a hilarious, a holabulous, a habitous, an anonymous, an amorous, a that's amorous. I'm waiting to to hit the ladies. Oh, the lady. We had another Kofefi moment, but the anonymous op-ed piece written in the New York Times by an inside the White House senior staffer. What's your favorite part of this story? The fact that you just spit on my face. What's your From second favorite part of the story? <laughs> um, that it landed on my cheek and not my mouth. What's your third favorite part of the story? <laughs> that it what? I got all like you. That it might possibly be Mike Pence. I don't know. No, there's so many. Well, that. Is it cowardice? No. Is it bravery? No. No. Is it dickishness? Yes. Now, I'm glad it's come out. It's it's awesome because can you imagine how awful it is to work there right now? Oh, the finger pointing and who's putting in the list and trying to figure it out. Here is my favorite part of the story. No one's come out and said any of it's not true. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like the Michael Steele document, uh, uh, you know, dossier. They've not... Not everything has been proven in it. Nothing's been disproven. And with this, they're coming out saying, we got to find this traitor. But they're not saying any of it is not true. And, and the, the great thing is, like, just in the past week, Blotus has said, and this is where, and we haven't talked about this, Joe. Um, I'm trying not to get back to where I was a year ago when I was mad all the time when I knew Somebody watched Fox News or someone and, and the anger that we had. I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to that point with, with some people only because 
just this week alone, bloated very openly, like publicly at at speaking engagements, is talking about how mad he is that the Justice Department is arresting Republicans who have been caught in crimes, an investigation, um, during an election year. Like, it's not like, okay, these people Committed you know, crimes. didn't commit the crimes. Right, right, right. His only thing is, how dare they arrest the people before an important election? Before the election. It's like, not, and not, again, not once has he said, this is a witch hunt. This is a shaman investigation. These people didn't do it. He's saying that the Justice Department shouldn't be arresting people. 100% coming right out and saying, here's my enemies list. If you're a Republican, you should be able to get away with everything. And now he wants the Department of Justice to investigate the New York Times and to investigate the White House itself to find out who this traitor is. And it could not be more scary. It, and I don't know. I don't know how much worse it gets. For two years, the media is the enemy of the state, the enemy of the state, the enemy of the people, the enemy of the people. And then a newspaper gets shot up. And he continues, the enemy of the state, the the senator in Montana who beat up the guy from the Guardian and still get elected. That's why he was in Montana last night because that was a runoff election. That was, you know, a fill in seat. So he's back there for a guy who beat up. A reporter, and he's stumping for them. The guy we talked about last week, who was just arrested, I think in Arizona, who's been calling the Boston Globe with threats mm. and ending every phone call with "You are the enemy of the people," and he's still on that kick. It's like how many more reporters have to get killed? Yeah, I know. And he's also bragging that in a couple of years, CNN, MSNBC, all these fake news, the New York Times—they're all going to be out of business because there's going to be nothing to report. Because it's all going to be fake news, and nobody's going to buy them, and nobody's going to watch them, and it's going to be great. And and, and he wants to change libel laws so he can sue everybody who says things about him. This is, and again, it's not hyperbole. I'm going to end it with this. It's like, and by end it with this, <laughs> I don't mean put the car in the garage and let the engine burn me to sleep. Though I thought about it. <laughs> Don't have a garage. Right, I was going to say you have a garage. <laughs> you know, wow, you must be rich. <laughs> we have two. Um, but but how much more attacking the media, like the or the Justice as Department. much as it fucking takes to take them down. And literally, when and so if there was a bright spot this week, other than you know, uh, 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 not Lewandowski, uh, Papadopoulos was sentenced today, and you go down the list. There's been some good things. Oh, Bob, we, have we even talked about the Bob Woodward book? Thank you. Go ahead. No, I mean Bob Woodward put out a wait, wait, maybe we talked about it last week. But I can't remember because there's so many things. No, the book was this week. And the great thing about that, again, he hasn't denied any of it's true. He's he's pissed that he wrote it. Yeah. But not that any of it's not yeah, true. Yeah, and then he didn't call him. Uh, and then what's great is there is a tweet for everything. He goes after Bob Woodward and then instantly within moments of him attacking Bob Woodward's credibility. There's a there's a tweet from like four years ago. 2013. It's always 2013. Yeah. Uh, only the Obama administration would go after Bob Woodward. <laughs> That's like wow. A tweet. There is a legit tweet for everything. Um, uh huh. So that's uh. Was there is there ever, is there anyone that go that where he says I love CNN. They're great. They're great people. Has that one ever arisen? I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, if but, if only. But uh, but no, there was there was a lot of good this week. But it capped off with today, Obama 
He has zero fucks left to give. I saw something about it. I didn't read it or 100, see it. You got to. It's, it, is, it is Obama at his best. And flat out, no, no beating around the bush, no metaphors, flat out saying, you know, hey, what happened to the Republican Party that for decades was fighting the Russians? What happened, you know, the fact that he is using, you know, the, the, the legal system, the Department of Justice and the FBI, to go after his political enemies, to not prosecute, you know, people. I mean, he threw it all out there. Well, he has to because the midterms are coming up fast. Enough. Enough playing nice. Yeah. Seriously, enough fucking playing nice. Right, and you know he's gonna he's gonna own the, not the libs. What's the other the 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 dopes? And what do you call them? The 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 uh, the conserves? Right, the basket of deplorables. The deplorers. What a fucking huge basket that turned out to be. Unfortunately. Uh huh. Um. Okay. With that happy uh, uh, thought. What? Let's... Now it's time for the defunct sponsor of the week. You're in for a treat on the next win, lose, or draw. <laughs> Michelle Lee, who draws herself into a corner. You might ask Michelle what that is. Host Bert Convy, Lonnie Anderson, and Bert Randall. I think you can see what this is going to be like this week. Stick around if you want. On win, lose, or draw. Win, lose, or draw. Weeknights at 7 on 6. So, Joe, as this podcast uh, is, is has dropped, what are your thoughts of last night's Patriots game? Uh, I did not expect Tom Brady to come out as gay. I no, really, you know, the two-two, right, and to blow Bill Belichick right on the field like that—spectacular, really. Yes, <laughs> you know, I, I always thought you know Tom was more of a topper, but hey, yeah, I don't know which is the lead. Is it to, to Bill Belichick is gay or is it Tom Brady's gay? Hey, I'm not gay. He's sucking my dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no. Hey, no. He's not gay. His boyfriend, what a queen. Uh, anywho, um, what was your favorite part of last night's season opener for the New England Patriots? At home against well, the Houston Texans? Oh, you know what's surprisingly, I can't believe that your prediction came true, whatever that was. Hey, right on the dot. Look at the tweet from 2013. Or listen to last week's sideshow. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I you know, I, I, I did listen to last week's sideshow and I'm like, I'm still sticking with the eleven and five. I wouldn't be surprised if the you know, a couple of the ones that I called aren't there, but I'm still going eleven and five. I'm still going with the dolphin sweep. Couldn't hope to be more wrong, but <laughs> yeah. but uh but anyways, I don't have much on sports. Football season started. Uh I I will say um it, what happened in February left a scar. Not a top five Patriots scar, by the way. It, it was awful, but I don't even put in the top five losses um, for the Patriots in, in my lifetime. I don't. Or, or I don't even put in the top five of, uh, of, of eh, maybe the top five in Patriot. Maybe it's yeah. number five, but not in sports, not in Boston sports, no, by, no, by, by no. anything. But, you know, and I, you know the, the Giants, too, were worse. Um, the, the playoff game to the, the Jets. Um, I'm gonna say, you know, what? Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's not the top five. We're Sheet, Caldwell, the Colts. What about when? Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or even the the year before to Denver. I mean, you know, the 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 Ravens won. So I put it like maybe seventh or eighth worst loss. But as long as it's in there somewhere, you have it written down somewhere. <laughs> but the Eagles play last night, and Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, 
Super Bowl champ Nick Foles, the backup quarterback who shocked the world, went back to being Nick Foles last night. Yay. Like honestly, like in the first half was like eleven for twenty with sixty yards. Uh, they they won like eighteen to like twelve, and the 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 Falcons, who I'm not a fan of, got robbed. Like again, this is what's going to kill the NFL. In the first half, there were sixteen penalty flags. I mean, the first half took almost two hours to play. They're ironing out the kinks. And again, Julio Jones is one of those guys who, oh my god, I cannot stand this fuck. Wow, what an amazing athlete! Yes, <laughs> you I know? know. And he made a catch that. I, I don't understand how it's not a catch. Like, like he was inbounds. He, he jumps. The ball's over his head. He bobbles it as he's going to the ground. He's in the field of play, and he secures the ball. The ball never hits the ground. It never moves. He secures it as he gets to the ground. I don't understand how in a million years it's not a catch. But did he kiss it goodnight? I don't know. I don't know if he's that sensitive. Was it pointing northward or southward? So, I don't know. I don't care if anybody <laughs> took a knee. I just hate the fucking fact that 16 flags in the first quarter and, and already a huge play that affected the outcome of a game, you know, was blown and that Nick Folds went back to being Nick Folds. Oh, well. He f- Nick folded. <laughs> oh. Um, and then speaking of taking a knee, uh, did you see the Nike ad for Colin Kaepernick? What are your thoughts on that? I didn't. I've seen the ad. Yes, I had not seen question. the ad. I mean, I've seen the memes on. There's like a meme generator now on on Twitter and the and the internet. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I think it's fine. Um, I'm glad to see that Nike rebounded. I guess from their devastating three percent dip from when they announced that they were going to be placing uh, this ad at the beginning of the game or during the game. What are they up, 30% now or something like that from previous days? Keith Oberman had posted, Mm. yes, day one, Nike stock dropped, I think it was like 2.5%. Or did it hit three? No, but it was like, so did Fila. Right. And so did the other competitors. Yeah, there were like two other competitors. All of them, all Under Armour. It had nothing to do with the... The down day in the market happened on the wrong day. Um and, you know, a lot of people are saying this. This is so old by the time anybody's hearing this. You hate, you hate, you hate Nike. You, you, you can't stand these people. Fuck them. You say Nike? Nike. All right. I just want to make sure that you, we're, you know, you you're an American. Them. You hate them. They're done. You will never buy them again. Um, because he disrespected the military. You know how many homeless military or military people are down on their luck that would really love the shoes that you're burning? So instead of burning your $100 sneakers because you're never going to wear them again, these uh, military people you profess to love so much, and you can see it all over the web now, there's all this outreach. We will gladly take your clothing. There are people who do not have clothes, who live outdoors, who are not outdoorsmen, <laughs> Um uh, a lot of military people down on their luck, they would love to take your, you know, hardly worn $100, $200, like, Air Jordans. Yeah. Um, how many videos Snowflakes. of... How many videos of, of Nike burnings have you seen? Like, individual videos. Probably six or seven. Just on, just on my Twitter page, just, like, going up. Some oh, of them bigger than others. Uh, so they're, they're your unique videos. It's not the same fucking one over and over again. No, but I've seen the same with the guy in the backyard with his little... Yeah. Wood burning stove type thing, right? Um, I guess there's a couple, uh, but that's like even that's six, 
Right. Well, the, the, are we really? The, the are guy. people really burning their Nike? I mean, people are, I guess, legitimately burning their Nikes. But like, is it that big of a phenomenon? No. Nike. When you think of Nike, you think uh, a progressive company, social change, a giant corporation with a heart, right? That that that's what we, not not the six year old children in Malaysia making the shoes, right? Not the woman who got paid what ten dollars for making the Nike swoosh, right? And, and, a, and a nice fuck you to go with it, um, which is you know the way it was back in the day. Anyways. Hey, they're lucky they weren't. She didn't have to make him a sandwich when she made the logo, too. You know what I'm saying, Joe? I mean, that's why women's feet are shorter so that they can stand closer to the stove. I agree with you. It's like <laughs> it's like he sees the brick wall and just crashes through it like the Kool Aid Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, misogyny. <laughs> Wait, 2018? Those jokes still fly, right? <laughs> and they're not dated at all. Misogynist. Analogous, <laughs> aromerous, amoroserous, uh, acousticus, Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. Um, so here's the thing. Knight didn't wake up and say, we want to be a benevolent company for change. They ran every market analysis. We are going to get a shitstorm for this. But are we going to are more are more are more liberal snowflakes going to go out and now buy us versus conservatives who are going to swear us off? Um, and and at the end of the day, the granddaddy, the big poobah, the NFL, who they have, I want to say it's like a three hundred million dollar deal with. Uh, Jerry Jones is not going to stand on principle and say no, Nike. We I know we just signed. Uh, there's two years left on the last eight-year contract we signed, and I know we just re-up for another eight years, but I want to rescind that and rip it up and not take you $300 million uh-huh. a year. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, but that's it. I mean, I, I think it's great. I mean, it, it, this must be what the other side feels like majorly trolling us last year with stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I guess so. But yeah, no, that's that's my, you know, management is all excited about it because, you know, it's upsetting people. She wants to be upset. And now she's jumped on the, you know, well, well, he should be playing and blah, blah, blah. It's a conspiracy that he's not playing. It's like, no. He wasn't good. He he. And she's <laughs> like, well, didn't he play in the Super Bowl? And I'm like, you want me to name the top 10 awful quarterbacks who have won? Joe Namath. Was not a great quarterback. He had, and, and uh, he had a very good game against the Colts Super Bowl three. But if you look at the footage, there was like four or five times when I don't know, Unitas wasn't Unitas that day and missed a couple wide open guys. Look, I'm glad it happened. It's a great story. Joe Namath, his persona for a good four or five years, you know, translated into a 50 year career after that, or now all this stuff. You go back and look at his record. I don't even know if he's a 500 winning quarterback in the league. I don't think he ever won another playoff game after. But that's just one. But yes, Colin Kaepernick had three good years, two really great years. But he was one of these great college quarterbacks that, you know, won the Wildcat and all these other things. And he was a scrambling quarterback. Um, But once you've kind of seen it once, it's like a one trick pony that. You know, you crack the code on, and right. that's it. He, so, yeah, he made it to an AFC title game. He made it to a Super Bowl. Uh, he didn't win either. <laughs> you know, he didn't win that. Like, okay. And then he was on the bench, and that's a big thing. When he started taking a knee, 
and, and, and we won't get into this. It, he was sitting on the bench, and a, and a special forces retired guy said, hey, the proper way to protest is to take a knee, not to sit on the bench. That's why he took a knee instead of sitting on the bench. That's a different story. But he was on the bench. He was a backup. And here's the 49ers or any team saying, if it's Tom Brady, will we take the heat? If it was, you go down, if it's Julio Jones, are we going to take the heat? Yeah, we would. Why are we taking the heat for the backup kicker? <laughs> you know, and then Tebow is like, I started this whole fucking thing. Where's my Nike deal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been taking a knee forever, motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, well played. Um, Joe, are you playing any video games this week? Me, maybe. Maybe I am. Have you bought any? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I will be buying probably this week. Well, this weekend, I had gone to the Retro World Expo. In Hartford, Connecticut. And how much fun did we have in the future? Oh yesterday? my God, it was a blast! Uh, only two active shooters, so you know we really got to get in our uh, run or hide or fight drills. That was pretty fun. But in the midst of the gunfire, we also uh, bought a bunch of games, I guess. Um, but one game that I am saving my money for, and I, I'm on the fence about buying it day one, uh, is Spider-Man for PS4. Oh. And it looks good. It looks really good. <laughs> it looks really good. And it's and I'm hearing good things. I'm hearing lots of good things. I, I can't even say that without thinking that motherfucker. Um, but it does. It looks like Arkham style kind of stuff. And it's just like, you know, open world and you're Spidey. And I told you how much I love Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation 2. This is probably like that on steroids with like, you know, mo- the most modern graphics you can get. Um, I It's 60 bucks. I don't know. Uh, well, it's gonna be sixty bucks in two years. That those games, no, no, no. no so many you, games be, don't come down. No, Arkham City you can get for like twenty. Bucks. That's Arkham City, and that's six years, five years ago. Yeah, oh what? yeah, but, oh, are you talking about that? Because it's day one, it's always gonna be sixty bucks. No, I mean like just recently, I forget what I think it was Mario Kart eight. Some one of the games for the boys, and I went in. And at GameStop, and it was twenty bucks off, down to sixty bucks, or right. down to. I'm like, that's Nintendo. Though. That's, that's a little bit different. Okay. Nintendo has a much stronger control over the pricing. Like Sony, and well, actually, you know what? Sony is an. It's just an exclusive to PS4. But even that, I think there's there's going to be a price drop at some point. Like the holidays are coming around, they're not going to fucking keep it at sixty bucks. Um, but I, so I'm kind of waiting on that a little bit. And there's always like patches and stuff that come out and there's bugs and you never nowadays you don't want to buy a triple a game day one unless it's like an online multiplayer experience where everybody's playing and you want to be in on the action when everybody else is it's like with women you don't want a virgin i don't want them day one no (laughs) (laughs) i see i was taking it to a bad place and then you went really fucking dark really really quick i'm the awful one. Let's go over it again. You're the funny, good-looking one. <laughs> I'm the can't go to a podcast without mentioning Hitler awful one. Got right. it? All right. Yes, all right. Yes, sir. With that said, <laughs> wow. let's go to an older game, maybe for my my wall of shame. It's time for the random video game review of the week. Jacques getting in his cardio this week by going over to a video game shelf. I don't know. Grabbing a game from my Nintendo shelf. Yay! That way I can sort of tell with my failing eyes what game he pulled off the shelf. He's also grabbing the book Ultimate NES, the Nintendo Ultimate Nintendo NES Guide or some shit by Pat Contry. Like some shit. Yeah. And as you can see that it's not Family Feud. 
Uh, it's not Fazanadu. Is it? It's a. It's not Fester's. Is it? Wait a second. Uh, bu 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 man, I'm. I am. I don't know what you pulled off here. The F A. It's an F A game. Come on, baby. Is it? Fart man. <laughs> is that a game? No, it's a Howard Stern character. <laughs> but I, um, gosh darn it, I'm killing myself. Um, what is this game? I'm gonna, and I'm gonna just grab it because I give up. Oh, it's Excite Bike. It wasn't an F game. It was an E game. Excite Bike. Yeah, it's the original black box game. This game was fun. You play a motocross character, and it's part of their Nintendo's original programmable series, uh, meaning that you could. You are on this motocross track, and you can um, design your own courses with like different speed bumps or hills or ramps um, or hazards or what have you. And um, the the only bad part is that you couldn't save it on your. So it's like basically you can program the track on your own, but once you turn it off, it's gone. But this was fun. This was um, a really fun game. Uh, nice physics. You do jumps and stuff. You race your... Uh, I think it's... Yeah, it's only one player. So you can't uh, race your friend. I think you can like maybe compete in time or something like that. But it's a it's a classic. But when the game came out, were there a lot of people who had friends who were playing these games? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, they're... That, you know, contrary to popular belief, people who played Nintendo weren't all nerds. Like, some of them were regular kids. Who had Nintendo and they shared games and you know you had friends over and stuff and it was a it was a, it was an experience having friends over. Excite Bike, according to Pat Contry, is four stars and I agree. Uh, he writes in this horizontally scrolling motocross game, players race on one of five courses of increasing difficulty. Racers will face ramps, jumps, and obstacles which must be navigated in order to come in at third place or better based upon the maximum time allotted for each race. Yeah, this was, you know, and then it was fun because if you revved your engine at maximum speed for too long, it would start to overheat, and then it would automate. If it overheated, you would pull over to the curb and have to wait for it to cool off for a couple of seconds. So you'd have to kind of strategize how fast you would go and how long you would hold the button down for. But uh, it, yeah, this is a fun game. I think they there's a Japanese version of versus Excite Bike, which only you know obviously only came out in Japan. But it was a two player thing, and that's kind of like what we should have gotten in the United States, but we didn't. Um, and are you going to ask me how much I would hawk this for if my kids needed a liver? <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if, what I love, and, and there's a couple prices. Uh, what is the difference between brand new and bold and new? I <laughs> am <laughs> um, brand new is um I guess it <laughs> fresh off the con- conveyor belt in 1986 and like then hits like a teleporter that brings it to 2018 so it hasn't even gone through the aging process that's brand new. Uh new means in box. Uh un, un- uh, unwrapped. I'm going to guess that just the cart alone is probably this is a common game. I'm going to say $7, but it's a popular game. But no, you're looking at some ridiculous thing. Yeah, yeah but, but see, it's where it says brand new, new, yeah, and brand new, $379.99. I think you can buy a liver for that. 
Yeah, and I, and this looks dubious. Well, I don't. Well, I mean, it, it, the box is kind of dented. That's crazy, though. I mean, but it's it's sealed. You're dented. It, I am. I'm demented, dented. You're dented. You're you're the your brain has the <laughs> dent <Kefefe>. on it. <laughs> so that's excite bike. I'm excited that you pull this game out of the show. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, what are you watching? Uh, let's see. Not your figure. No, you can't beat that line <laughs> to the ground any further. Uh, what am I going to... I'll try. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what am I watching? Um, Challenge accepted. <laughs> geez. Uh, you, you go first, because I can't remember if I've actually watched anything this week. Jaws. I recommend Jaws, and I and I, I seriously do like having watched it again. But I do going back to the early part of this podcast, which seems like a week ago. Um, <laughs> I recommend watching it with somebody and mystery sciencing the end of the fuck out of it. Uh, my favorite part was the beginning when the girl's body washes up on on the shore and is covered by uh, the crabs, and it's like. You know, I hope he wore a condom. She has crabs. Uh-huh. Hilarious. My eight-year-old thought that was great. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, yeah, he can relate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ew, what? what? Uh, you know, those day-oneers. They get, <laughs> they get you every time. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. This is, you know, this is a podcast dedicated to Roy Moore. That's uh, <laughs> you know, Joe, what? No, I should say, oh, I'll save it for next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit myself and know. I'm, like, I'm actually pulling up my Netflix queue on my phone because I can't remember hey, if while, I've watched while, it. While you're looking to see if you watched it this week, I'll take a moment to give a shout out to my favorite Mexican Jew, um, Zach Hanstein. Um, Zach, I, I, I did not know, listened to the podcast, and upon like uh, a couple of comments last week, texted, you know, we know we know the normal like people who have sad, shut-in lives who I have no idea why they would listen to me babble to you. Uh, I'd say us talk, but it's really me babbling to you for an hour and a half uh-huh. who listen each and every week. But uh, But it's always nice to find out, oh, wait. There is a fourth shooter in the in the grassy knolls. A fourth? Wow! I, I don't know. That's yeah. like the fourth well, beetle. Well, well, yes, there was. Um, there are four beetles. There was. Um, there was that one guy. Um, who who's that guy who shot Kennedy? Uh, oh, Cruz. Marco Rubio's father. Uh, Ted Cruz's father. Oh, Ted Cruz's father. Yeah. yeah, you know Marco Rubio wasn't father wasn't involved. Do you know that? Oh no. I Were you there? Who yeah. says? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But um what am I you know what? Um I guess I'll recommend uh Won't You Be My Neighbor because I finally did see that a couple of weeks ago. That's on Amazon Prime. Um it's not Oh no, I'm sorry. It's not on Prime, but you can download it on Amazon. It's uh that's a yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it's the Mr. Rogers documentary and I went into it going, you know what? All everybody's saying they're crying. And you know what? I'm a 41-year-old man. I can look at this objectively. I kind of know everything there is to know about, oh, my God, the little kids are singing along to the song, and it's going to make me cry, and here I am crying. I'm watching it, and I'm crying. God damn you and your emotions and ability to get into the lighter side of things, Mr. Rogers. And your children look at you. It's like the dad bod is leaking oil from his eyes. <laughs> no, no, no. I watch this in the cover of darkness. Okay. As a 41-year-old man should. Yes. You know. Yeah. I actually drove to a remote destination and watched this um, where nobody could find me um, or hear me. So, yeah. Uh, I, and, and, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, 
don't really have, shockingly, you know, a big parenting tip of the week because I ignore the fuck out of my kids because I'm still trying to get all 440 of the goddamn Riddler trophies <laughs> in Arkham City. <laughs> and, and just as I'm closing What in kind of them, nerdy games are you playing, Joe? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, hey, you know what they say about fat people playing <laughs> Twister naked in glass houses? Can I join? Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but yeah, my only parenting tip is, is you know, you got to pretend to listen. Just pretend. You got to fake it. When you're in the car and they're talking about the new skins for uh, Fortnite, for, for Fortnite mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you keep thinking, it's like, oh, um, I do love you, but if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to swerve into oncoming traffic. No, you got to fight those urges. Just shake your head. It's like, oh, wow. Is that, is that the outfit you're going to buy with next week's load of V-Bucks, which stands for virtual bucks, which stands for fucking how much money I've spent on that goddamn game? It's the new Skylanders? It's the new Skylanders meets fidget spinners. Right. Meets vapor, because you don't actually get anything physical that you can hawk for maybe one percent of what you've paid for. And, and the little fuck asked, like, why do they call them V-Bucks? Virtual. Virtual... Waste of my money. <laughs> Virtuonymous. Um, so two weeks from tonight, you will be at Ralph's in Worcester where Dan Cray and Beyond Ed uh, will be jamming um, with the Can't rationales. Wait with the rationales. And normally, like, I've been wanting to go out on Dan songs or our songs. But in memory of, uh, of Burt Reynolds, uh, I would like to go out on uh, the great Jerry Reed's uh, Eastbound and Down from Smokey and the Bandit 1. Okay. All right. I was going to say the theme song to Out of This World. Would you like to swing on a star? Ooh, whoa, whoa. Carry moonbeams home in a jar. Ooh, whoa, whoa. And be better off than you are. Ooh, whoa, whoa. Oh, would you rather go to Earth? Unearthlings, a creature as plain as can be. Yeah, he's not as unique as you or me. His body comes in lots of different shapes. Uh huh, they say his relatives were chimps and apes. But if you take my advice for what it's worth, yeah, 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 you could be happy here on Earth. Or would you like to swing <laughs> on a star? Whoa, carry moonbeams home in a jar. Whoa, and be better off than you are. Whoa, you could be swinging on a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be swinging on a star. I am so scared <laughs> to be in a room with you. You, the person who wrote that theme song doesn't remember that song that well. Wasn't oh, it like Paul Anka? Because that's a- everything was. You get, it's the safest bet. Yeah, <laughs> to just throw out like the Paul Anka. Steve Allen, Paul Anka. You know, yeah. I, I, I didn't mention there was a Cole whole, Porter. There was a whole season. I think season five of Archer on FX that Burt Reynolds started banging his mom. And he was torn between Burt Reynolds banging his mom and trying to let Burt Reynolds um, do a um, trilogy, make the Gator. He did a, this movie called Gator 1 and Gator 2 that Archer really loved. Make it make it a trilogy. <laughs> he was torn between he loving Burt Reynolds and being so upset that Burt Reynolds is banging his mom. Uh, I almost forgot about that. Um, Gold. 
Thank you for singing that. Okay. It will haunt my dreams, yet delight me at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's like being on one of those like awful, like you know. It's like being put to sleep on on, on by by laughing gas. No, the, the, yes, like like when you have a surgery and the like countdown to ten, and you're out by eight, and it feels really good, and you're going out, but you might never wake up again, right? <laughs> you know, and you're still okay with it. Yes, <laughs> yes. So that so that that's how that's, I equate. That's it. the effect that I was trying to convey. Yes. Mission accomplished. Great, but no, really, we'll go out on Eastbound and Down from Smoking and the Bandit. But, uh, you know, we said a lot here, but there's one thing that we haven't said, Chuck, and that's, uh, do not forget. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm he's bound just like no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Short time to get there I'm eastbound to watch your bandit run 